The Natural Way with Sandy. Dr. Sandy Rogers bringing you Folk Medicine Revival. The Natural Way. The past guides us to well-being. Hello folks and welcome to this week's podcast entitled Trilogy of Healing for Companion Pets and Humans. Quite a few of you wanted me to introduce companion pets information and I already had that on my list because it is so important to interface information for our beloved animals that we have. And companion pets are considered to be an animal that keeps us as a companion and that is them keeping us as a companion and we keeping them as a companion. Generally horse, cat and dog fall into this category although I do know that we have birds and all of that and some guinea pigs etc but the focus is the companion pets of horse, cat and dog. The link between the horse, cat and dog and the human is really important because there are so many similarities and in this podcast we will focus on the trilogy of healing. So what is the Trilogy of Healing? The Trilogy of Healing in Natural Medicine is Nutrition, Herbal Medicine and Massage. And these three elements, when combined together, is the foundation of what we all, humans and companion pets, actually require to be able to activate our well-being recovery when we fall ill. We also need the trilogy of nutrition, herbal medicine and massage to actually keep us going and to give us vibrant well-being. There are so many similarities between the human and companion pets that I thought it becomes quite an exciting podcast and I do hope that you out there agree with me. Now, it may be that you don't have an animal, and that's fine, because you will be able to enjoy the information and apply it to yourself as a human. But for you who've got animals out there, companion pets, you will get information in this to be able to see what the trilogy of natural medicine is, what it forms, and I will be providing some examples as a framework. In future podcasts, we will be looking at each one of these elements that form the trilogy and give examples such as nutrition for dogs, nutrition for humans, nutrition or combining nutrition and herbal medicine or combining massage with herbal medicine. Or we will be doing some specifics on herbal medicine alone for both companion pets and herbal medicine for humans. This particular episode is hosted by the National College of Traditional Medicine and there will be an advertisement embedded into this podcast and they will give a little snippet about what the National College is offering. The one thing about the National College of Traditional Medicine and I need to declare is that I was the founder of the National College of Traditional Medicine and over 30 years actually ran it 
but it has now been sold and taken over by two wonderful people, Leslie and Ashley Williamson, and they continue to be out there offering courses in relation to natural medicine and companion pets. So as I say, there'll be a little advertisement embedded into this podcast. So let's start off with looking at nutrition. Nutrition for both humans and animals has been quite appalling in the past, but there is a a slight change, a slight shift in that we are now seeing better quality food for both humans and animals. So let's look at our companion pets, particularly cats and dogs first. The focus has been on processed foods because of the busy lifestyle that humans have. So manufacturers started to put together highly processed foods in the form of slop in tins. No matter how well they say that this food is and how nutritious, really at the end of the day, the heat that it takes to put this food into tins is extraordinarily bad and will actually kill off most of the nutrients that is in the product. Therefore, the manufacturer then needs to put synthetic nutrients back into those containers. So the tin food, the highly processed food, the pelleted foods that is offered. Dried pelleted foods, there's no use by date, and therefore we see people feeding their dogs and cats, and in some instances horses, with pellets. How would you as a human like to have the same food put in a bowl at the same time each and every day that tastes exactly the same day in, day out? Well, you know, dogs, cats, horses, humans have have an appetite and they also have taste buds. So you as a human, if you wouldn't like exactly the same food three times a day or twice a day, however ever often you eat, then your pet doesn't like it either. But because they can't go to the cupboard and seek out something that they would normally like to find, they have to rely on you. So what we have to look at is the same old, same old food day in, day out is really at the end of the day not appropriate. But folks, I would like to introduce you to something that I read many years ago and this has not changed. What we find in animals is... Cancer and arthritis and diabetes, the escalation in the statistics of both those three diseases, is in proportion to humans. And the only variable that has a common link is the food. From the time highly processed food started to enter supermarket shelves, and that is literally in the 60s and early 70s, up to today, we now find that cancer, arthritis and diabetes is on the rise in both humans and animals. Now that commonality of the food that's being consumed, the highly processed food, the tin foods, that is really nutritionally deficient, brings on these conditions more often than not. So that's on a little overview of the nutrition In relation to herbal medicine, what's really interesting is the natural animal instinct of the cat, the dog and the horse particularly, 
They will, if left to their own devices in an open paddock, they will search out herbs that are of use to them and their needs. It's wonderful to note how horses particularly will go and forage and when you look at what they link themselves to, the therapeutics associated with the plant that they have sought out, if you look at what that plant is, you will then understand why that horse has done that. But are dogs and cats any different? Not really. You'll notice the way that cats and dogs will go and eat grass for their bitter digestive enzyme to be able to assist their gastric pathways. We as as humans, we have lost our natural foraging ability because basically our food, we don't have to go out and forage for it. It's already there. We just go to shops and buy it. But our cats, dogs and horses, if we look at the history of herbal medicine, the majority of humans who were investigating, and let's face it, herbal medicine's been around for 40,000 years, that what we notice is, is that the therapeutics and the benefits associated with herbal medicine are still relevant today for humans as they are for animals. So looking at understanding what herbal medicine is all about is something that we as humans should not lose. I'm so pleased to say that there is a renaissance back to people going back into herbal medicine to assist in the treatment of not only themselves but also their companion pets. I'm also very excited to say that the National College of Traditional Medicine is about to release a diploma, which is a professional diploma in herbal medicine for companion pets. And in that particular course, there is absolutely fantastic information that is drawn from textbooks from the late 1800s all the way into the modern era. It's a very unique course because no other course in the world has this information. I'm very proud to say. The reason I can say that is I wrote the course so I know where the information came from, my library. So we'll just pass over to the National College of Traditional Medicine for their little advertisement, and then I'll come back to you in a moment. Do you have a companion pet that you love and you're looking to learn more about natural medicine for animals? such as massage, nutrition and or herbal medicine. Then the National College of Traditional Medicine, with over three decades of experience, is there for you. We have a course to meet your needs. Please call Ashley or Leslie on 0429 914 360. We are there to take your call and guide you to a course to work with the animals that you love. So here we are. That's exciting news, isn't it, from the National College of Traditional Medicine where they have their introduction courses all the way up to diplomas. So hop online and uh, and have a look at the National College of Traditional Medicine or get on that phone and talk to Leslie and Ashley. It, it's a great opportunity to get data and material for the purposes of understanding natural medicine from a very broad eclectic interpretation and you then to be able to apply it. 
So let's move on to the last column, if you will, of the trilogy, which is massage. Now, as humans, the majority of humans, I do know there's a few out there who don't like massage, but they're a rarity, really. Massage is a natural phenomenon. When you, as a human, may walk against something, hurt your arm, what's the first thing that you want to do? Is you want to get your hand and rub it, massage it because it's been hurt. That tactile approach, the soothing healing that takes place with hands-on therapy is fantastic. Now let's think about our dog, cat and horse as an example. Most living, breathing animals, people love massage, but it is, as I said, the natural phenomenon. Dogs will roll on their back and rub themselves on the ground. Sure, they might have a bit of an itch, but they're massaging the area. Or they'll roll on their side and manoeuvre their body. They're giving themselves a self-massage. What about cats? Cats are extraordinary to be doing massage. They rub themselves up against you. Look at a cat stretch. More particularly, they might be um, sleeping for a long time and all curled up in their little basket. And what do they do when they get up? They have the most magnificent stretch. It looks fantastic. Dogs do the same. Horses will do the same. They will stretch, move their head, their neck, their shoulder, their front legs, their hind quarters. They will do stretches, but they'll also massage. They'll move themselves up against, say, a post in the paddock or a tree in the paddock because massage is a natural phenomenon. So if you have a companion pet, cat, dog, horse, cats naturally don't necessarily need the tactile approach of massage because of their constant stretching and their massage but it doesn't hurt to actually apply it but you'll find that cats necessarily aren't put onto leads although I do see a few around the place the greater majority of cats aren't put on lead. Horses and dogs however are controlled by humans Horses under saddle and bridle, dogs under leash. Therefore, they may want to go one way and you want to go another, so you pull them in that direction. Their muscles can become tense and tight because of that. So therefore, the intervention of man in the movement of the animal, and particularly horses when under saddle, every horse needs to have massage if they have a rider on them at any time. Generally, saddle fit can become problematical, as well as bridle, as well as the seating of the rider, can be affecting the soft tissue of the body extraordinarily. What about with the dog, the dog that goes out and plays under competition? They can be a working dog out there working sheep dogs as an example. So you'll have your working dog, your athletic dog, but your pet all of these athletic or movements that will be under your direction can affect the soft tissue. So massage becomes an important component. Now massage is not an overly difficult thing to do as in just to relax the dog down. But to get the most therapeutic benefit out of massage for dog and horse 
It's really important that you are taught how to do it correctly and safely. So therefore, the National College of Traditional Medicine has some of the best courses in relation to massage for dog and horse. It's very interesting that they have now branched out and extended their training program in their blended delivery, so you can do some online and then come into class and they are now expanding into New South Wales and Queensland. Queensland's already underway. So massage, herbal medicine and nutrition in combination tends to work fantastically. So let's look at a couple of little additions to help you with this particular podcast to start the ball rolling to add a few do's and don'ts. Let's go to nutrition for dogs. Please limit processed foods in the form of tin and pellets. Tinned food does not create any good points for dental care. None whatsoever. In fact, If the dog doesn't have their teeth cleaned through eating bones and to be able to get in or between all the crevices and the gums, there will definitely be dental and gum disease happening. So too is the same for cats. We need to make sure that we get lovely dental cleaning going on with healthy bones, nutritious bones and raw chunky meat. And the raw chunky meat means they've got to pull it apart to strengthen the teeth, to strengthen and clean the gums, and also create digestive enzymes to break that food down. Tinned and pelleted foods can do none of that. One of the best meats to have is kangaroo meat because we know that kangaroo meat is organic. The kangaroo is out there foraging in herbs out there eating the grasses and the herbs, which then comes through, feeds the body of the kangaroo. And the kangaroo meat is fantastic for both cat and dog. It is a lovely meat to be including for health and well-being, but please make sure it is always raw. The cooking of meat for animals is not appropriate. It's not natural. There's no reason why you should be doing it. And when we bring food in, we need to get some variety. Hopefully by the middle of next year, I will have finished my book, the the Connoisseur uh, Recipe Book for Dogs. And, uh, And as I say, I will hope to have that by about the middle of next year completed as I'm doing some more investigations on it. So just basically looking at kangaroo meat is one little change to help there on the nutrient level. With horses, nutritionally, steering away from highly pelleted foods and allow natural foraging wherever possible is a just a simple, very basic tip. But we will be doing some interviews with Leslie Williamson in future podcasts and looking at nutrition specifically for dogs, cats and horses and actually run a series of those podcasts. Now let's look at herbal medicine. If we look at herbal medicine for our cats, dogs, horses and humans, herbal medicine provides so many solutions. There are calming herbs, there are stimulating herbs, there are digestive aid herbs. 
But when we look at something along the line as is there one herb that really works for all? Well, yes, there is. Garlic is one herb that is extremely therapeutic. Just thinking along the lines of something along the lines of garlic, supported by a wonderful herb called hawthorn berry, which is a blood tonic for all dogs, cats, horses and humans. So just those two elements coming together, those two herbs drawing together, garlic and hawthorn berry is fantastic. But then what if we look at something you may consider to be a weed? Nettle is a weed. Or is it a powerful medicine? Well, I would argue it is a powerful medicine. Nettle is iron rich. It's a beautiful tonic herb to be bringing in to the daily diet for cats, dogs, horses and humans. See the way that we're all interconnected there. In relation to massage, and this again for cats, dogs, horses and humans, just generally feeling around the body for any tight muscles, anywhere on the body, any part of the body that feels tight. Just gently rubbing your hand and rocking backwards and forwards over that tight muscle, not applying a lot of pressure, just then start feeling the release of the tightness in that muscle. Now what you're literally doing is you are releasing fascia before getting into the muscle. If the fascia, which is like a little stocking that goes around the muscle, if you release that fascia, invariably the muscle will release. The fascia is like the stocking fitting over the muscle and if it's tight, it squeezes the muscle and makes it tight. So just literally doing that, looking for any tight muscle and just a little vibration very lightly over the top until you can feel that muscle softening, this is a wonderful thing to feel. As you can tell, I'm a bit passionate about this trilogy of natural medicine, nutrition, herbal medicine and massage. And when you put these three elements together and get the nutrition right, get the herbal medicine right and get the massage right, guess what? you have a healthy body. There is a reaction and a response that is profound. That is why I'm as passionate about natural medicine today as what I was when I first started training in the 1970s. Yes, I should feel old, as I've said before, but I don't. I just love this combination. And the more I can share this information with each and every one of you, well, then you'll be able to pass it on to people and then get them to subscribe, hopefully, to um, the podcast and also start making links with each other to be able to be guided and get some information that, sure, some of it's folk medicine, their old remedies. But, you know, folks, I know that they work and I know that we can help so many people. That is not to say that if you need the intervention of modern medicine, we create options to support modern medicine practitioners. So always be guided by your holistically trained healthcare provider and always seek their support and guidance when necessary. So in conclusion... What I would like to say, the three elements, that trilogy, nutrition, herbal medicine and massage actually make up the subject of naturopathy. 
So by being trained in these three elements, sometimes it's pretty difficult to find what a naturopath is. But generally, in the early days, a naturopath was a person who'd trained in nutrition, herbal medicine and massage. And then at a later stage, they started adding various things, such as different types of massage, maybe homeopathy instead of herbal medicine. But I would argue that the foundation of naturopathy, from my perspective, is that you've got training in nutrition, herbal medicine and massage, and you can blend each of those three elements naturopathically. So the naturopathic interventions is blending each one of these three, not going it's nutrition or herbal medicine or massage. It's the combo, the three. So the training at the National College of Traditional Medicine in in naturopathy actually is high-level training in nutrition, herbal medicine, massage. So hopefully now we have a little bit of an understanding about the trilogy of healing for companion pets and humans, that you can see how you've literally, as a human, are very closely aligned to the companion pets you may or may not have. As I said previously, we will be doing more of these subjects, but I would love feedback, please. Always let me know. Are you enjoying it when we put the two together? Would you like anything specific about companion pets? We will be doing more on nutrition, more on herbal medicine, more on massage for companion pets specifically. So until next time, please find happiness in absolutely every moment. And you know what to do now, folks. Let everyone know. Get out there on those Facebook pages, LinkedIn, whatever else you're linked into, um, as well as please subscribe. And then I know at least somebody is listening. Take care now. Over and out. The Natural Way with Sandy. Dr. Sandy Rogers bringing you Folk Medicine Revival. The Natural Way. The past guides us to well-being.